0: circling around in my heart and in my mind and I've been spending some time looking into it, meditating and asking the Holy Spirit to help me uh, communicate a relevant message today that I believe will help us uh, when it comes to discernment when it comes to the factors or the people that influence our lives and so I trust that this teaching will be of great benefit to you. And the title of my message is The Dangers of Being Wrongly Influenced. The Dangers of Us Being Wrongly Influenced. And before I begin, let me give you a definition of the word influence. I'm sure you know what it means. I also knew what it meant, but I thought, let me look at the dictionary, uh, the Oxford Dictionary, and see Uh, what what it says, and this is what I read. Influence is the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone. It is the capacity to have an effect on the character, the development, or the behavior of someone or something. The word um, Uh, Synonyms to that word are impact, control, sway, power, authority, ascendancy, mastery, domination, supremacy, leadership, guidance, direction, and pressure. All those are synonyms. They uh, more or less communicate the same thought. And we need to realize that all of us are susceptible of being influenced in one way or another. And that is regardless of how mature we might be or how long we have been walking with the Lord. All of us can come under the influence of someone or something at one time or another. And knowing what the scripture says, that our God is a jealous God. The only influence that he desires for us to have over our lives is that of his spirit, that of his kingdom, and his values and principles. If you are a born-again believer, then you need to understand that that is the only influence that God wants you to have in your life. The interests of the kingdom of God are the interests that should govern our thoughts, our attitudes, our behavior, our speech, and our decision-making. And so it is for this reason that I decided to do this teaching, so that we can be aware of these dangers of being wrongly influenced, and to help us minimize or better eliminate their impact in our lives. So my teaching will hopefully bring to light some of the ways that we are influenced and so that we can guard ourselves, guard our minds uh, toward these uh, wrong influences. So, it is for this reason, of course, that Jesus said to the disciples of every generation, that He would not leave us as orphans, or without guidance, or without help, and without someone who would help and guide us in our discernment, in our our decision-making. He sent the Holy Spirit, and He came to live within every born-again believer, so that our lives may be governed, controlled, and come under the lordship of the lord jesus christ in every sphere of our lives the spirit of god desires to have influence in our lives and we need to understand the way he speaks the way he ministers the way he guides so that we can place ourselves under the leadership of the holy spirit now here are some of the of these wrong influences that I have mentioned to you. The first one that I've got on my list is wrong perceptions. Wrong perceptions. The meaning of the word perception is the ability to see, to hear, to understand or become aware of something through the senses through, of course, the natural physical senses. It is the way in which something is regarded, understood, or interpreted. That's the meaning of the word perception. The way we perceive and the way we understand things have a very strong impact and influence on our lives. So, having said that, If our perceptions are tainted or marred by offense, by prejudice, by pride, or anything other than the truth of the Word of God, we will fall victims to such perceptions. So, when we are faced with complex situations, when we are faced, I believe, with relational issues, or going through some test or trial, the first thing we should do is to seek God for His perspective on the matter. And um, ask Him, don't assume that you know, don't assume that you understand, because our natural ability to perceive truth and get to the root of the issue is limited. Ask the Lord to help you see things the way He sees them, to understand things the way He understands them. Ask Him to give you clarity, to shed His light on the matter, whatever matter it is that you are faced with. Because the, the psalmist says, in your light alone, we shall see light. And how desperately all of us need the light of the Spirit to be turned on so that we may be able to see beyond the veneer of the physical and the natural uh, presentation. And so it is vitally important. You see, we see things from one dimension, which is, of course, the physical and the natural. But the Lord sees things from all dimensions the bible says that before him there's nothing uh nothing that can be hidden everything is open and naked before him he sees everything and he sees the bigger picture and when he imparts that to us we are able to understand we are able to see things as they are and we are able to respond the way He wants us to respond. Very important. That's why uh, the Apostle James said in in chapter 1 and verse 4, I think, yeah, go ahead, Natasha, read it, please.
1: If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him.
0: Amen. Now this, of course, is written just after James says, is any of you if any of you fall into divers tests and trials, rejoice, count it joy, because you know that when your faith is being tested, your patience is being developed and perfected. And right after that, he says, if any of you lack wisdom, in other words, when you face a trial, when you face a situation that that you are unable to discern accurately, you need God's perception. You need God's perspective. And that is why he says, ask for wisdom, ask in faith, and you shall receive. Amen. So that is what we need to do. And one thing about the Lord Jesus, one outstanding characteristics of his nature and character is recorded in Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 3. Isaiah chapter 11 verse 3. Let's look at that verse together while Natasha is reading it.
1: His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his
0: ears. Notice that Jesus never judged anything by the natural senses. He said he did not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide anything by the hearing of the ears. In other words, the natural hearing. Jesus always stood and walked in the presence of His heavenly Father. He said, I do nothing unless I see my Father do it. I do not speak my own words, but only that which my Father says or speaks. That is what I also speak. God wants us, all of us, to grow, to mature spiritually and come into a situation where heaven is open over us where we are able to communicate with the father in the spirit we are able to ask questions and give us and he will give us the answers that we judge by his own standards and not by the natural and the physical so wrong perceptions will end up influence us to say the wrong thing to do the wrong thing and of course to step outside of the realm of the Spirit. And we need to be aware of that. That's why we need to be constantly praying that our perceptions are purified, that our perceptions are enlightened by the Word and the Spirit of God. There's another verse in the book of Psalms that David prayed and he said the following. He said, You have turned my darkness into light. You have enlightened my darkness. Praise God. The second one is similar to the first that I've mentioned, perceptions, but wrong mindsets. Wrong mindsets. What is a mindset? A mindset is a set of beliefs that shape how we make sense of the world and ourselves. And mindsets influences how we think, how we feel, and how we behave. So, a mindset, it is is a pattern of thinking, that's what it is. And unless we are constantly being renewed by the Word of God and the Spirit of God, these these wrong mindsets will, will have an effect on the way we do things and the way we react to situations. So uh, it's it's imperative that our minds, the spirit of our minds, is constantly being renewed, and it's it's a process. Uh, God does this in stages. He enlightens us, He gives us new thoughts, and He instructs us or commands us to forsake our thoughts. He says, let the wicked forsake his thoughts, the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts, and let him turn to the Lord. So, and that brought to mind, you see, if the way we think is not in line with the word of God or with the will of God, we're going to end up uh, making mistakes. We're going to end up sometimes laboring without seeing any fruit. And in the beginning of my ministry, when God called me to evangelize the Greek nation, both in Zimbabwe and elsewhere in the world, Uh, He instructed me to go, in other words, to give them water to drink, he said, in their own cup. So I assumed it was under the guise of the Orthodox uh, Church. So that's the way I started. But I did not understand, and my mind was not yet renewed to the word that Jesus said, you cannot put new wine into old wineskins. And you cannot sew a piece of a new cloth on an old garment. It just doesn't fit. you got to have new wineskins in order to put new wine. What I was trying to do, I was trying to put new wine, the gospel of the kingdom, into the structures of the old, uh, the old structures of the Orthodox Church, and it didn't work. And to be honest with you, I frustrated myself, I frustrated my ministry, and frustrated the grace of God until the Lord opened my mind. He shed light on the matter, and I was able to come out of the Orthodox Church, and I encouraged others to do the same. Whereas before, because of the way I thought, I've encouraged them after they get born again to stay within the Orthodox Church, of course, which was the wrong uh the wrong counsel but the lord has given me light and i was able to to recover from that way of thinking praise god for the holy spirit and the word of god the word of god teaches us to be constantly renewed in the spirit of our minds look at romans chapter 12 please in verse 2
1: and do not be conformed to this world But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that is that good and acceptable
0: and perfect will of God. Amen. Thanks, Natasha. As you can see, in order for you and I to prove, to prove what is good, what is acceptable, what is the perfect will of God in every situation, our minds need to be renewed. Our thought patterns. Our way of thinking needs to be renewed by God's thoughts. Unless the mind is educated, spiritual education, that's what we're doing. What I'm doing now is teaching you the Word of God. I'm giving you spiritual education. I'm giving you knowledge in accordance with the truth. But as you yourself dive into the Word of God and study it for yourself, with the guidance of course of the holy spirit your mind or your way of thinking will begin to change and that's how transformation takes place in our lives and when we are transformed by the renewing of our minds we are able to prove or rather discern what is that good what is acceptable and the perfect will of god you will know the will of god even in the minutest details of your daily life, if your mind is constantly renewed with God's thoughts through the Word and through the Spirit. That is another, another uh, matter which we need to be bring, uh, we need to, to continually bring before the Lord. Often I pray this way Lord, immerse my natural mind into your Spirit. Help me to see things the way you see things, to think the way you think, to understand things the way you understand them. And I pray this way, immerse my mind into the depths of your spirit and give your servant wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And that is a powerful prayer for us to pray, not just for ourselves, but for our loved ones every single day. Here is a third influence, uh, which uh, could be uh, could be wrong, external pressures. When the pressure comes on you from external circumstances or external sources, rather than the leading or the prompting of the spirit within. When when the pressure gets to you so much that you make a decision based on the pressure rather than the leading of the Spirit of God. And we need to be very, very careful. Never make decisions when you are under pressure, whether that pressure is emotional, whether that pressure is financial, or any other kind of pressure. Refuse to make decisions or to speak when you feel that pressure on you. Stand back and rest. Clear your mind and say, I'm not gonna. And so often salesmen or opportunities will come and say, Well, you gotta do this now. If you don't do this now, you're gonna miss the deal, or you 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 you're going to, it's gonna be detrimental for you. And they are pressurizing you to make decisions right there and then. The Bible says, He who believes shall not make haste. Never make decisions. Never speak words when you're under pressure. And I recall, and I think it bears repetition here. You heard me say this many times before. When independence uh, came to Zimbabwe, there was an atmosphere of fear and major exodus of white people outside of Zimbabwe. They were running, they were immigrating, they were leaving, they were fleeing the country selling the properties, the businesses, next to nothing because they were afraid. There was great fear during those days because of rumors that were being spread around. And so the pressure got to my wife as well. And she she said, it's time for us to leave. All, all our friends have left. And so what are we going to do? What if this happens? What if that happens? And I say to her, We're not going to move out of fear or pressure. I refuse to do it. Give me time and the freedom to seek the face of God. And when we hear from the Lord what is His will for us, we will make our decision based on the will of God. Otherwise, I'm not moving. I will only move when my Lord Jesus, who is the Lord of our lives, and my family will say to us, it's time to go. So I began to seek the Lord fervently, asking for guidance, asking for direction. Lord, this is the situation. What what is your plan for us at this time? Is Is it time to go or do you want us to stay? And it didn't come overnight. You need to be patient, seeking the Lord's face. Uh, uh, daily until you get an answer how would i know when i get an answer i'll tell you this when god makes himself known to you you will know there will be no doubt in your mind no doubt in your heart that this is the will of god you will have an inner witness you will have peace in your heart you will have peace in your mind and you will be brought into a place of rest no anxiety no fear no double-mindedness. When God speaks, you know it. And so this went on, I think for about three weeks. But daily I was reading my Bible, praying, looking expectantly for God to give me guidance. He said, when you seek me, you will find me. When? When you seek me with all of your heart. No wishy-washy Uh, seeking God, no lukewarmness, just a passionate desire to hear from God because you don't want to move outside of the sphere of His will. Well, one day I was reading my, my Bible and I came across Genesis chapter 26. He was speaking to Isaac when there was famine in the land. And so Isaac was thinking of going down to Egypt And God appeared to him in a dream and he said to him, do not go down to Egypt, stay in this land and I will bless you and I will bless your descendants and I will give you your inheritance. Well, it was like the the words from the page leaped up and struck my spirit and the spirit bore witness in my spirit that God was speaking directly to me. Do not go down to South Africa. Stay in this land and I will bless you and I will multiply you. Well, I knew that that was the will of God. I came to my wife. I said, we're not going. God said we must stay. And in fact, what the Spirit impressed me was, if you have any extra money lying around, invest it in property. We did. We bought a piece of land in six months. I sold it almost double the price. And we stayed for another 10 years. And those 10 years proved to be the most fruitful and successful years of our stay in Zimbabwe. It is in that that period of 10 years that I, I grew up spiritually. I was launched into ministry. And God laid a solid financial foundation beneath our feet in those 10 years. What if I had made the wrong decision based on external circumstances rather than the will of God? I would have missed God, and I don't know, to be honest with you, if I would be here today. So never make decisions when you are under pressure from external sources. Another one here is a is a difficult one. The desires of the soul can lead us astray so often. Remember this, there are desires that are born out of your own soul, and there are desires that are born by the Spirit of God within your spirit. Desires that God puts in your spirit. Those are godly desires. Those are pure, those are holy. But there are also desires that derive from our own soulish person. And they, these are very similar and difficult to tell the difference what is of the soul and what is of the spirit. And believers often confuse them. They use that scripture that says, Uh, the Lord will give me the desires of my heart, but they neglect to quote what comes before that. The verse says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart. You need to be walking with God. You need to be delighting in your relationship with God. You need to love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And when you're pursuing the interests of the kingdom of God and you delight in your fellowship with the Lord, He will give you, He will birth within your spirit His desires. And you will have the desire to do certain things. You will have the desire to, to go a certain way. Those are godly desires. Now. You ask me, how can I, Pastor, discern between my soulish desire and that which is of the Spirit of God? Good question. There is only one force, one agent, that can distinguish, separate, and divide the soul from the Spirit. And it is there. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Let's look at it together. The
1: Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart.
0: Amen. Very powerful verse of Scripture here, and all of us need to spend time meditating and thinking on these uh, very words. He said, The Word of God is living. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. And what does it do? It pierces and divides to the division between your soul and your spirit. And only the Word of God can do that. It will discern. It will pierce. It will separate. It will divide. And then he says it goes further into the joints and marrow and is the discerner, of the thoughts and the intense and even the secret desires of our heart. That's what the Word does. So, what should I do when I am confused between my soulish and, and I'm, not, I'm not sure what is of the soul, what is of the spirit? This is my advice to you. Double up on the reading of the Word of God. And when you open your Bible and you read, read slowly. Read prayerfully, expecting the Holy Spirit to enlighten things to you. Don't just read it uh, uh, with a religious habit. Oh, I'm reading the Bible because I've got to do this. And read it uh, in a hurry. No, never hurry. When you come to the Word of God, you are approaching God Himself. You need to know, you need to understand that when we read the Word, God is speaking to us. When we pray, we speak to God. So the Word is alive. The Spirit of God within you will enlighten the Word, will open it up, will make it life and light to you, and you will be able to see and discern, ah, this is not from God. This is from my soul. This is selfish. It does not glorify God. The Word is the agent that will help you. So double up on the Word. Read it. Read it prayerfully, read it carefully, read it expecting to hear from your heavenly Father. Amen. Are you with me so far? I know I'm giving you a lot of meat today, but you need to know these things and you need to digest them because influence, wrong influence, can take you out of the will of God, can take you out of the purposes of God. And further down, I'm going to give you some of the detrimental detrimental circumstances or results that come as a result of being wrongly influenced. Another big one is idols in the heart. Hidden idols in our hearts. Remember, we make idols. We give them life. We give them influence over our lives. An idol is anything, and I repeat, anything from your car to your house to your pastor to, to um, anything you idolize, anything you value and respect or fear more than you fear the Lord. That's an idol, and we can make, I repeat, we can make an idol of anything. So the things we idolize or the people we idolize and put them on a high pedestal can and will influence us to go in some direction you need and therefore we need to test everything by the spirit by the word now listen to what the lord spoke to ezekiel to speak to the nation of israel ezekiel 14 and verse 4
1: Therefore, speak to them and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, every man of the house of Israel who takes his idols of self-will and unsubmissiveness into his heart and puts the stumbling block of his iniquity, idols of silver and gold before his face, and yet comes to the prophet to inquire of him, I, the Lord, will answer him. Answer him according to the multitude of his idols.
0: Wow. That is a very, very powerful and interesting verse of Scripture. What God is saying here, if we come to inquire of the Lord and we have idols in our hearts and we come to the prophet, the prophet will pick up those idols and he will speak to us according to the idols we have made. That is why prophetic words over your life need to be carefully examined, carefully tested by other men of God. There has to be a witness in your spirit. As, that's why the word says every prophetic utterance need to be judged and discerned. And I've, 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 I've heard of people who went forward, and and asked to be prayed and laid hands on and the prophet started speaking that this is the girl you are to marry or this is the guy you are to marry or or oh, there's money coming in your hands or there are, there are cars coming to you and those words are false prophetic utterances they're not of the spirit the prophet picked up it is uh, an idol in your heart and he's speaking to you and the lord is allowing that so to arrest our attention and so that we can return back to the Lord. Test every word. So this is many believers in the body of Christ have been hurt and damaged through false prophetic utterances. So we need to test and we need to discern. I'm looking at the time and we still got a few minutes. I don't want to give you so much uh, on it because uh, this is such an important subject. I believe that uh, we need not to hurry. But let me let me see. Let me go uh, one more. Uh, There are a couple or more that that I haven't dealt with. Religious traditions is the next one. Religious or even cultural decision, uh, cultural traditions that come from your your cultural background, from from where you were born, where you were raised, what ethnic background you have. So religious and cultural traditions, contrary to Scripture, can exert a major influence on our lives, on our decision-making. And from my own experience, I'm speaking from my own experience, I'm coming from the... Uh, I, was, I was raised in the Greek Orthodox Church in my, in my formative years. And a lot of my thinking, a lot of my way of understanding things were based on my Orthodox upbringing and my ethnic background. And they exerted a major influence in the way I thought and in my decision making and some of them were completely wrong and contrary to the Word of God. It limited my my outreach, it limited my way of thinking, it limited my potential because of the way I thought based on religious traditions. God had to do a major work of uprooting and operating spiritually within me to get these things out into the open and allow me to see them for what they are and renounce them from my life. There were two major uh, influences that stunt my growth and stunt my outreach. One of them was Greek Orthodox way of thinking, and the next one was ethnic pride, being Greek. Those two major uh, influences affected my way of thinking and my decision-making. And all of us, all of us grew up a certain way. We have traditions. What is a tradition is something that we've inherited from our either religious or cultural upbringing. And we need to, we need to bring those under the light of God's word and purge ourselves from every form of tradition that is not based on the word and, uh, and submit ourselves to the lordship of Jesus in every sphere of our life making room for the Holy Spirit to exercise His ministry in the affairs of our life. And that takes prayer, folks. That takes waiting upon God. Because we can live with these things for years and years. But if we do not seek the Lord, if we do not knock, if we do not ask, if we do not uh, pursue the Lord, He will not cause His light to shine upon us. And that is something we need to be doing and saying, Lord, As David prayed, search me, O God, and try me, and try my thoughts, and see, he said, if there be any wicked way, and lead me in the way everlasting. At one time, in the beginning of my walk with God, I thought that the body of Christ was the Orthodox Church. Anyone outside of that denomination was not truly uh, a believer or a Christian. I mean, how how blind and how ignorant can a person be when he's influenced by these traditions you 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 see today genuine loving uh, they love the lord greek orthodox people who are sincere in the faith and yet they submit to these traditions that have nothing to do with the word of god it stunts the growth they will not reach the potential because They are influenced by tradition and not by the Word of God. That's why Jesus said to the religious leaders, because of your traditions, you make the Word of God of none effect. Remember that? Jesus said that to the religious uh, leaders of his day. One more, and I'm going to close here and rather let's let's close here and pray. Please, I want you to be free to pray okay don't be shy turn on your microphone and pray just after i finish praying i'm going to pray a general prayer but i would like you to pray as well so father thank you so much for your precious word today thank you for educating us spiritual truths principles values uh, teachings that illuminate our way of thinking our way of going your word says that your word is a lamp unto my feet a light to my path and so my prayer lord is that you you would shed your light upon each and every person within the sound of my voice and search our hearts search our thoughts search our perceptions our mindsets And the very things that stunt our growth, that limit our potential, that silence our God-given dreams, expose them, bring them to the light, I pray. And by your grace, set us free. Deliver us from wrong influences, from wrong way of thinking, from wrong decisions, so that we may walk in the light as you are in the light, And see, Father, the glory of God in our everyday lives. We ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And we thank you for it. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za